Welcome to the Fierce Mama Warrior Podcast. This is your host, Jackie Hyman, and this is your hub of women who live to improve the lives of other women on the motherhood journey, health, wellness, and being their best. Fierce Mom Warriors, welcome back to the Fierce Mom Warrior podcast. Today, I am bringing you a very special guest. We're in the midst of lockdown, Corona. Uh, she is a women's health specialist, and I just feel that now more than ever, it is relevant to talk about these things. Um, you know, even though the world changed drastically since I spoke to her, still so relevant. Lisa Burko is a pelvic health physiotherapist, but she's also so much more than that. And she was the first one to sort of help me open my eyes to the fact that pelvic issues and women can be so much more than just, you did your Kegels, you didn't do your Kegels. You're postpartum, you're pregnant. You exercise too hard, you didn't exercise enough. There is an emotional aspect to this that affects our bodies. And when I think about it, it makes so much more sense that our pelvic health can be connected to past events, traumas, or just the way we view that part of our bodies. Women's bodies are like this big mysterious world that goes on under the surface. We don't see ourselves ovulating. We don't see ourselves menstruating. Sometimes menstruation happens completely by surprise. We don't see what's going on in our womb when a baby is being built. However, it's all happening whether we're aware of it, whether we're attuned to it or not. So the not can cause this disconnect that can show up as physical issues. <sighs> So that's why I'm just so excited to bring this to you because I've had pelvic health physiotherapists on here before, wonderful ones. I've spoken to many pelvic health physiotherapists. Being a pre and postnatal fitness instructor, it is my job to connect with those therapists. However, before I really sat down and talked to Lisa, I never put one and two together, that the way we are viewing our pelvis, our relationship with our pelvis, our relationship with our female anatomy and female body, how society views what goes on in a woman's pelvis, menstruation being icky, like all these things can affect us on a physical level. So in this episode, you will learn a little bit more about the special connection that you have to your pelvis, if you are a woman listening, um, the special connection that you have to your pelvis, whether you are aware of that connection or not. One thing that you can do right now to help your pelvic health, have the healthiest pelvis possible, 
and how we as a society can better connect women to their bodies, specifically the pelvis and female anatomy. This is a really good one. I hope you enjoy it as much as I do. Here you go. Okay, Lisa, how are you? Hi, Jackie. I'm good. How are you? I'm great. I'm, I've been waiting to have you on the show for a long time. Well, I'm very uh, excited to be here. We first spoke, what was it, like three months ago? Something like that. Something like that. Basically, um, I was reaching, at the time, just reaching out to as many pelvic health physiotherapists as possible and stumbled upon you and was like, wow, <laughs> this is something different. This is special. Thanks. Well, I'm happy to be here and continue to talk to you about it. Totally. This is awesome. And happy International Women's Day. Yes. Very exciting. <laughs> We're going to go deep on that. Um, okay. So let's dive right in. All right. I always like to start with why. So tell us why you do what you do and why you're so passionate about women's health. All right. So I feel like that's a very broad topic for me. It has a lot of layers, but um, I'll try to give a sort of general overview. Mm, yeah. um, it's a mix of my own personal experience, especially along with what I see happening in society and what I see happening with my patients. Um, so I felt myself drawn to women's health back in university when there was like a tiny course that kind of mentioned it in physical therapy school. But at the time I couldn't pay that much attention to it because, um, you can't actually study pelvic floor physical therapy until you've been working as a physical therapist for a few years. Mm. Um, so it was sort of irrelevant at the time, but, uh, I kind of knew it was what I wanted to be doing. And then after my first son was born, that really just threw me in full on to realizing what a need there was for more support, better support for women um, in the whole healthcare system in general. Um, and then from there, you know, I went on to lactation consulting and prenatal education and eventually pelvic floor physical therapy and just everything I could get my hands on women health related. Um, and just trying to support women during changes in their lives. And then there's also the aspect of society where I feel like women aren't, women themselves aren't recognizing, um, certain aspects of yourself, of themselves, which I guess we'll discuss later on. And I feel like that is something that needs to be addressed as well. So just trying to address all levels. Yeah. Well, I'm so, I'm so like curious to hear what you have to say about that. And I'd love to know if you don't mind going a little bit more into like when your son was born, what exactly happened that like made you realize like that, um, sort of that light bulb that went off, like, Oh, this is like, this is a thing that women aren't getting support for what happened there. Um, well, for starters, I think pregnancy itself was somewhat isolating, especially as one of the first of my friends to be pregnant. Um, it was, it, it just felt sort of very alone. And then, you know, birth is crazy. And even with a normal, healthy, straightforward birth, it's still a crazy experience. And, um, but then afterwards things were tricky. I had a lot of trouble breastfeeding 
and took three months until I got him to finally latch. Mm -hmm. Um, and just, you know, the whole transition into motherhood, it feels like you're kind of being initiated into the secret society of women that you didn't even know existed. Um, I guess cause it's a secret society, but, mm-hmm. but it, it wasn't really something that you could really be prepared for in advance because even if somebody had really explained it to you, you weren't in the headspace to get it at the time. Does that make sense? Totally. That's totally how I felt. So you're just like thrown into this major life change mm-hmm. and, um, and the support isn't there because we live in, we're not living surrounded by mothers and grandmothers and sisters and aunts who are all supporting and, you know, that we've seen them nurse their babies and, you know, having them take the baby, you know, thank God I have a supportive mother who's nearby and mother-in-law and, I have family support that's normal for our time, but it's not, it's not the extent of support um, in more indigenous or um, tribal cultures, I guess, or perhaps in the past in general. Yeah. Um, so I would say that was my experience overall. Thank you for sharing that. I think, I've, you know, the more women and moms I speak to, the more I realize that, you know, we're not alone in that. This is a yeah. very common, common it is feeling. very common and nobody talks about it until you're in it, you know? It's so true. And there's no way to really talk about it before. Right. And like you said, it's right. like, you can't. So we got to kind of just come in with really good support right after. Exactly. Exactly. I love that. Um, so that's what you're doing. So now you are doing what you can to support women who are pregnant, breastfeeding, have gone through birth, um, and may need, you know, pelvic health therapy. So you started as a, as a physical therapist, you went on to be a pelvic health therapist and lactation consultant. But when I spoke to you the first time, I realized that you have sort of even ventured beyond that to give women, a more holistic type of care, which was really interesting to me. So can you talk a little bit about um, how that transition happened? Sure. Um, So I would say that from the beginning of my career as a physical therapist, uh, I I worked in a pain rehab unit um, in a hospital. And that was very, you know, there was always talk about the mind body connection. And we worked in a multidisciplinary team with, you know, doctor and social worker and psychologists. And we were trying to kind of get all angles because these were people who had pain conditions that hadn't responded to other types of treatment. So right off from the beginning of my career, this whole like mind body aspect was very much ingrained into my way of thinking. Um, and then when I went to work in women's health, um, I started to find that I could sense a disconnect between women and their pelvis. Um, the body in general, I think in general as a society these days, we're disconnected from our bodies. We all tend to kind of live up in our heads. Um, but especially women, I find we're disconnected from the pelvis And I guess I sort of went on a mission to figure out what to do about that and how to try to support that and solve those problems. And today I I now integrate um, 
holistic pelvic care, which is a method developed by Tammy Kent, a physical therapist in the U.S. And I also facilitate women's circles, which is basically a space for women to come together and to be able to take the time to kind of connect with themselves on a deeper level and bring awareness into their body and sort of take stock of their life on a little bit of a deeper level than we tend to do during our day to day. That is so cool. And, you know, it's really interesting that you say, you know, women, you find that women are so disconnected from their bodies and specifically their pelvis Mm -hmm. Um, because the more women in the health, women's health sphere that I speak to, I, I, it's really interesting. I keep seeing this pattern that, you know, I've spoken to doulas and I've spoken to lactation consultants and doctors and physiotherapists and spiritual leaders and like the whole spectrum. And it really seems like there's some sort of connection between women and the pelvis mm-hmm. and so if if pelvis is such a central part and and spiritually and physically and biologically of our bodies so why are we disconnected like where does that come from um once again I think that's sort of a layered uh question um I think it comes from the way that we're raised and the education that we get in, you know, with religious upbringings and even not religious, um, but just sort of more conservative upbringings where we don't talk that much about sexuality or it's looked at in a negative light or just, you know, something that's sort of hush hush and not really okay to talk about. That's already creating layers of shame around the pelvis Um, female masturbation, something that's like not talked about at all. It's not okay to explore. Um, So that'll also disconnect women from the pelvis. We don't usually know our own anatomy very well. Um, And then women have pelvic experiences throughout their lives that if they are, you know, nobody has all positive experiences with anything, right? Right. Um, so, you know, you can have one bad doctor's visit, a, you know, a birth that was somewhat challenging, whatever it is, sex that was painful, um, any type of sort of challenge that has to do with the pelvis can also create a bit of a disconnect because you don't want to go somewhere where you have pain. Um, so we kind of move away from that and back into our heads. Um, so I'd say that's, that's, those are some of the reasons why women um, disconnect from the pelvis, a mix of, of shame and negative experiences and just not being taught. And we don't understand, we don't learn our menstrual cycles in a way that, that brings about a deeper understanding of what we go through on a monthly basis. We learn it from such a technical perspective. Um, mm. when they're like, there's so much more to it than that. Like what? Um, <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm interested. Okay. Well, we live in a very linear world in a very masculine mm. kind of setup. Mm. And, um, our nature is much more cyclic. Mm-hmm. And I mean, menstruation is 
an expression of that and how in tune we are with nature and with the moon cycles and with the seasons. And it's all expressed within our bodies. Um, and the, the phases of our cycle match up with the moon phases and with the seasons. You have, you know, the pre-ovulation, which is like the waxing moon where you're starting from sort of the darker place of right after bleeding and building up towards ovulation, which is compared to the full moon, which is sort of the brightest um, expression of like the mother. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and from there, our energies move inward and it's kind of like the waning moon, but it's also um, like going into fall and then winter. Mm. where we're moving inward and sort of want to be on our own more. And that's why we have so much PMS and irrit irritability with people. You know, we, we don't have the same reserves to deal with the outer world at that time because we're in this process of moving inward. And if we can understand that that's a normal part of our process and our nature, then we wouldn't need to be as irritable. <laughs> um, Interesting. Like, I think a lot of it is a, a matter of awareness and and learning to see it as a gift and how to use those gifts and and how to use it to better express our creativity and to plan our time so that we're doing the right things at the right time um, to move us forward instead of fighting against ourselves. That's so cool. So yeah, so I've been I've been sort of scratching the surface of this stuff. I don't even know what you would call it. Okay. I re I very recently discovered, <clears throat> I don't even know what you would call it, but this, the more circular, the more cyclical, what's the word? Cyclical? Cyc yeah. Cyclical or cyclic? Either one. I think. Okay. <laughs> the more cyclical um, aspects of being a woman and I guess just how much that impacts our day-to-day -day lives. And mm -hmm. I've been, you know, touching with a teacher on how the seasons impact us. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's interesting to hear that, you know, how on a monthly basis, it's the same. It's, yes. I mean, it's, it's, it's the same cycle on a monthly basis as well. Um, so I guess you're sort of saying like, you know, in the beginning, it's okay to start building up energy, you know, maybe like we're most productive when we're ovulating, I guess, would that make sense? Well, it's, it's not necessarily most productive, but it's more of an outward energy during okay. the time, the pre-ovulatory phase is usually more of an outward expressed energy. So that's sort of when we're like what the world wants us to be, you know? Got it. Um, yeah, we're more productive, more motivated, more confident, um, more willing to put ourselves out there, more social. Um, and that kind of reaches a bit of a peak and a change around ovulation. It's a bit of a pivoting point. Um, and then our energy starts moving more inward. Um, and it's not just, or first of all, it doesn't have to match up with the moon phase in the classic way of the new moon being, uh, menstruation and the full moon being ovulation. Sometimes mm -hmm. it's the opposite and that's mm -hmm. still a moon cycle. 
It's called right. A Red Moon Cycle. I'm actually reading an amazing book at the moment called Red Moon by Miranda Gray, if you're interested in all of this Yes, stuff. I am. <laughs> um, I'm like obsessed with this stuff lately. So I'm like, anything. It's a really amazing book. It explains all of this really well. Um, cool. So what was I saying? <laughs> lost my train of thought so you're saying it could be that some women I just want to like clarify yeah some women are more productive when they're menstruating not more productive but more of an outward energy saying no so it is it's usually still more of an inward energy but it's also a lot of create because you're more intuitive and it can be more creative it's just it sort of depends on what you're trying to achieve Got and if it. you can match what you're trying to achieve to where you are during your cycle, then you'll do better at achieving that as you know, instead of trying to like be really out there and social when you're like right about to get your period and maybe that's not all day, every you know, day, because not, that's what the you know, world all expects. day, every day yeah. and you're not really feeling it. And then you're kind of, you know, you come back drained and exhausted. Um, that's not really working with your body. Right. So it's like riding the wave. Yeah. But learning to accept the waves and, and see the blessing in them. That's so cool. It's so beautiful to me, that women cycle. (laughs) I think that's the next stage in this, you know, like as women, International Women's Day today, we've accomplished a lot. Um, And I think at this point, beyond just equality, we need to move more towards um, letting women be women and not just being women who are equal to men in a men's world. Yes, totally. It's like feminism was really necessary to even get women to be seen or heard. And for that, women did need to, you know, become a little more masculine. Exactly. But now that we have more power, at least in the Western world, we do. Um, lots of lots of the world, there's still insane inequality, but in the Western world, at least women are pretty empowered. Like (laughs) we can get on social media and say whatever we want and it's great. Um, so now we have the space to be able to accept our femininity and celebrate it. And it's, I've seen that happen before my eyes everywhere. And the more people I interview and the more people I talk to, and it's just so beautiful. Yeah. It's amazing. I agree. (laughs) Okay. So, so we spoke about the connection of women and the pelvis, the disconnection of women to their pelvises. And, um, I'd love to know your opinion on, you know, how can we as a society better connect women to their bodies and better connect women to their pelvis, their female anatomy. Um, you know, definitely a lot of listeners are mothers Mm -hmm. a lot with daughters. So, you know, how, how can we talk to our daughters about it in a way that breaks the cycle of disconnect and how can we, and for the women who are already grown, you know, how can we get women to, to make that connection? So for each life stage, I would say the answer is a little bit different, but it really should start with teenagers, with young women, um, and the education that we give them. Um, I think they should be learning about their cycle in a very different way than they are today. 
Um, I think that anatomy is an important thing to know and not just to know, um, you know, that you have the womb and the ovaries and fallopian tubes. Like we need to know what our vulva looks like and we need to know, I mean, I've, I've come across adult women who don't know that we have three openings at the, going through the pelvic floor. You know, they mm-hmm. always believed that you just, that pee comes out of your vagina. Mm-hmm. And I think it's important to know that we have three distinct systems that run through and just to be more aware of our own <clears throat> anatomy because it, it'll, it, I think that's empowering. It alerts us to issues we're more able to pick up on problems if we know what's normal for us and what isn't. Mm-hmm. And I think we also, women tend to put um, the responsibility of their own body onto the men that they're with to figure out pleasure for them um, or onto their doctors to figure out if, make sure everything's okay or see if there are problems. And there's a lot more that we can take into our own hands if we have the right education for it. And I think that's an empowering thing. I think knowledge is always empowering. So that would be for younger women. And then um, I think that once women have had babies, then I think that just talking to them, giving them the space to pay attention to themselves when they're so wrapped up in a time of their lives of taking care of everybody else um, giving them space to, to connect with themselves is already half the work. Yeah. Um, but as far as real pelvic health, once there are real issues that have, that arise and pelvic issues can be anything that have to do with those systems that I know that you've already had a a pelvic PT on, and she talks a little bit about the different systems, uh, that go through the pelvis. So any system, any symptoms related to the urinary system, mm-hmm. um, which could be urinary incontinence or like urgency, feeling like you have to run to the bathroom and not sure that you'll make it on time, um, peeing when you sneeze, pain with sex, um, feelings of heaviness in the vagina or in the pelvis in general, and issues with the digestive system, like anything that kind of feels not quite right with the pelvis, it's always worth being checked out by a pelvic floor physical therapist. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's definitely one way of taking care of the pelvis. And aside from that, I would say really just breathe. Mm. I think that breathing is one of the best ways to make that connection. I mean, we, if you just take a moment to pay attention to where your breath is right now, our breath doesn't even always flow very far down through our body. It sometimes gets stuck high up in the chest. And this has this affects and is affected by our emotional states and where our mind is at. And in order to really be in your body, you have to be breathing deeply. And it pulls you down into your body and out of your head. So this is even good for battling anxiety and you know, just this, like the constant monkey chatter that we have in our minds, just breathing and bringing yourself down into your body, um, which is something that I talk about in the groups that I run as well, grounding and, and 
bringing your awareness down into your pelvis. So it it has many functions. Um, But if you just breathe and you feel your breath flow down all the way down to your pelvic floor and just become aware of what it feels like to have that slight stretch with the inhale and the very slight recoil with the exhale and just becoming in tune with that, you're starting to connect with your pelvic floor. And once you connect with an area, you can treat it better and you can heal it better. And it all moves better from there. It's much harder to heal a part of you that you're, that you're not aware of. Right. And you did mention that, correct me if I'm wrong on this, but for some women, at least it's possible to heal, um, the parts of the pelvic floor that need, may need, you know, uh, healing by, by bringing the awareness there and actually just breathing into that part of the pelvic floor. Yeah. So I found that once I started trying to reconcile that disconnect that I was feeling in women uh, with the pelvis, I started, instead of just doing manual therapy for muscles that were tense, um, I started asking the women to do the work themselves with their breath. So I would just guide them to the location and have them bring their awareness to that point and just try to breathe into that spot of tension and amazing things would happen because it would completely release on its own without me having to do anything. And as the muscle would release, often emotions would come up and they would have these emotional releases at the same time, like something that was an emotion that was trapped within that muscle would just move through them. You know, women would start crying and say they don't know why for a moment and it would pass and then everything was fine. And, you know, this didn't work every time. Some areas are more stubborn than others, but it was definitely, it's definitely a consistent thing. That's incredible. (laughs) I'm just like thinking about how alternative, how beautiful, like how what a feminine way <laughs> to heal the pelvis. And I've, I've never encountered a, and I've been speaking to as many physical therapists as I possibly can um, because of my, you know, my goal of helping, mm-hmm. of helping pre and postnatal women as well to get back into an exercise routine and, and similarly connect to their bodies and return to their bodies and make space for themselves and all of that as well. Um, and I've just never heard that. That's just incredible. So yeah, it's um, it's a pretty it's pretty amazing to see what you can do with the breath. And the breath is, you know, it's really our connection between so many things. It's an autonomic function that we can control pretty easily. It's sort of a connection between the conscious and the subconscious, and. It both reflects, it reflects our emotional state and affects our emotional state. It just, it does so many things. So being able to work with the breath to change the body is very, very effective and powerful, I think. Um, do you know yoga with Adrian? Yes, I do. Okay, cool. <laughs> um, so if any listeners don't know Yoga with Adrian, she's a woman who has like endless yoga videos on YouTube and they're all incredible. And she's 
just super fun to do yoga with. Mm-hmm. Um, but she talks about, you know, she like very carefully touches on like some of the spiritual stuff because she knows her, some people like just want to get their yoga session in and they don't, you know, but she does, um, she does touch on the point that like the breath is sort of this connection between the spiritual world and the body. It's like that halfway point. Right. Yeah, I agree completely. So definitely, you know, anyone out there who is looking to, who's maybe sitting, listening to this and thinking, huh, like maybe I'm a little bit disconnected from my pelvis or my body. Um, Maybe just, you know, even right now or after the episode is over, taking some time to bring the focus to the breath and seeing if you can bring the breath down into the pelvis Uh, It's just a great first step. Yeah, you can also place your hands right at the lowest point of your abdomen, right over your pelvic bone and just, you know, just try to guide your breath there. That's a great tactic. Uh, Is there anything else that like is something that listeners can go do like even right now or right after they listen that could help their pelvic health? Um, I'm a big fan of keeping a journal, Mm. uh, to keep track of how you feel at different points during your cycle. And again, there are so many different things you can track, but even, you know, if you are having pelvic symptoms, paying attention to if they change throughout your cycle. Um, and if you're not, then just getting to know yourself a little bit better so that you can predict a little bit more easily what may be happening throughout the month and how to plan accordingly in the future. Um, uh, Aside from that, I think studying your own anatomy is important and helps connect and understand what's going on down there because it's not so easy to use a part of your body that you don't, you know, you can't picture in your mind and you have to know what those muscles are supposed to be doing in order to, to use them. And, uh, I think the breath is a great way to start working on relaxing the muscles and just sensing them a little bit. Um, you can try while sitting in the bathroom to pay attention to what it feels like when you, the muscles relax and tune into Mm -hmm. that feeling so that you can go there when you need to. Uh, we, we tend to hold a lot of tension in the pelvis as well, just like we do in other parts of the body, you know, like our jaw and our, our, neck and upper back can hold a lot of tension and the pelvis does the same thing. So taking the time to, to let those muscles relax and, uh, you know, and while in the shower or wherever else, just placing your finger inside your vagina and trying to clench around that and feel what a contraction feels like and sense, does it feel like you can contract or not? Um, are you, strong or not so much? Uh, Is there a sucking inward? Because we want two different motions. We want a closing and a pulling upward. Mm -hmm. Um, And just trying to see what you sense and gives you a baseline and see what happens from there. Very cool. And side note, because we're talking so much about like just getting to know female anatomy. Mm-hmm. I recently learned a couple months ago that they only discovered the anatomy of the clitoris yes. within the last decade. Yeah. 
right? Is that true? Last decade? Yeah, yeah. It's pretty crazy. That's insane. We sent people to the moon (laughs) ages ago. (laughs) I think after you recommended that TED Talk, we'll link the TED Talk about holistic pelvic health in the show notes. But then I think TED gave me like a, you know, just like I let it play. And the next one was all about the clitoris. Yeah. And um, it was fascinating just to like this woman trying to spread awareness about the clitoris because like, it's just like, oh, you know, people always saw female sexuality as just like this huge mystery. We have no idea. Meanwhile, they've never even done the work to research the anatomy Mm -hmm. (laughs) of the, of the pleasure center of a woman. So, and most um, women still don't know. Yeah. Okay. So for anyone who doesn't know, (laughs) (laughs) tell me if I'm wrong about this. Okay. But the clitoris does, isn't just that one spot. It has like two legs that come all the way to the back of the vagina. And so there's no actual G spot. It's just all the clitoris. Right. Um, All the different spots they've described are most likely just different parts of the clitoris. Different parts of the clitoris. So interesting. And has no other function. Like unlike the penis has like lots of different functions. One of them is pleasure. So the clitoris is literally just for pleasure. Right. uh, Which is super interesting to me. And um, also looks very similar to the penis when you put it all together. It's so interesting. Yeah. And it's made of the same type of erectile tissue and much more nerve dense. Well, yeah. 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 Hence we have much stronger orgasms. (laughs) Yes. Okay. Um, what would you say is the biggest struggle for women in the world today? Um, so I feel like we talked about that to some extent. Um, I think in my mind, the way that I see things, I see the biggest struggle to women being, um, the, on the one hand, I see it as being the, being cyclic beings in a linear world. Mm -hmm. But when I speak to women, what they often describe as their biggest struggles is sort of balancing different aspects of life. Um, you know, work and kids and relationships and they're left with no time or even if they do set a time aside time for themselves, it's, you know, we're, we're so confused. We don't even know what self-care is anymore. You know, we go get nails done as like self-care, which it can be, but, but we don't really know how to refill our cups well, I Mm. think. Um, and that's one of the, the spaces I'm trying to fill with these women's circles that I've been running now um, is really giving a space for women to come together and have that space to fill their cup. And, uh, and it's been going very nicely, but I think that that's, that's what women need right now is a space to be fully held and heard in a way that's, not just a dialogue that we tend to have with friends on a daily basis where you're always worried about how you're going to respond to the person that you're talking to, mm-hmm. you know, always thinking about the next thing um, where you can really just express what needs to be expressed from within yourself and be seen and heard by others. Um, 
while somebody holds that space. Uh, and I think women's circles are a beautiful thing. I love that. <clears throat> um, so if any of you listeners are, live anywhere near Ranana, uh, that definitely sounds like something that is worthwhile. And um, I also have been, you know, I, I just moved into a bigger space. So I've been, I hosted a women's circle on Rosh Chodesh on the new moon mm-hmm. last month. And I'm planning on hosting another one. And um, yeah, it's, it's, it's very resonating. You know, what you're saying is very, re- very, it definitely resonates with, you know, what, goes on in those circles where, you know, women are, have the chance to go inward, connect with the body and then express themselves. And I just find it to be so healing to gather, first of all, to gather with women in general. Um, and second of all, like you've said to be seen and heard in a and held in a way that's not, just like chit chat in the park, you know, as our kids are running around and we're distracted, but like really taking the time to go deeper in a circle, I find to be incredible. Yeah. I I really think that that's what women need right now on a, on like a larger scale than just, you know, the one, obviously I do the one-on-one pelvic floor physical therapy type work, but on, you know, asking about a larger scale of what women are struggling with these days, I would say that that's more, um, of the community level of what women need. That is so great. Okay. And is there anything that you could, would recommend that uh, women could go buy or find, um, something for themselves that would help with these things? Um, I'm going to go back to my <laughs> recommendation of a journal. Yeah. Um, I think that's always a good one. I have lists of books to recommend. Okay, great. We'll, we'll uh, link a list in the comments. And um, what else? A mirror. Yeah. Get to good know one. yourself. <laughs> good one. Um, is, are there, is there a, like a menstrual cycle journal that you recommend or a moon cycle journal that you recommend? Um, not that I know of, but I've seen, you know, instructions for charts. I personally think that the, just the Israeli day calendars, because they have the Hebrew dates, you have the moon cycle in it. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think you could just get a regular calendar um and just write things in there and you can see where you are exactly with the lined up with the moon and everything great yeah it's a really good recommendation Keep it simple, you know yeah that's a great recommendation okay and last question if um if you could write a one-liner that would be a sticky note on the mirror of every woman who's struggling with some of these things that she would wake up and see every day, what would you want to write there? You are enough. That's it. Simple Mm -hmm. to the point. I think that we struggle trying to do so many different things and be everything. 
and we just need reminders that we're perfect just as we are and we can strive to do more but appreciate what is that is so great lisa thank you so so much is there anything else by the way before we sign off that you'd like to add um not that i can think of at the moment okay thank you and um and where can people find you if they want to come to one of your circles, have a visit with you, if they have any questions for you? What's the best way for people to contact you? Um, so I'm you, on Facebook, um, <clears throat> either my personal profile or I have a Facebook page that's on my personal profile. It's linked in there. And uh, or, you know, WhatsApp, phone, whatever. The usual ways of contacting <laughs> people these days. I don't have a website, but... Okay. Neither Maybe do I. Eventually. Yeah. <laughs> Coming soon. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Thank you so, so much. We'll link all that in the show notes. And this was fascinating and healing. And I just really, really appreciate that you showed up for this interview late at night after a long day of <laughs> kids. Oh, good. Thank you so much for having me. Okay. We'll be in touch for sure. Okay. Have a good night. Bye, Lisa. Bye. There you have it, Lisa Burko, lactation specialist, pelvic health physiotherapist, and leader of Women's Circles. If you'd like to get in touch with Lisa, go to Facebook and type in Love Your Bump PT. You can find out more about Lisa there and book with her. She is leading online virtual women's circles, and she is also offering free half-hour video phone sessions for pelvic health physiotherapy. If you have any questions or comments about this episode and you would like to get in touch with me, you can definitely do so through my Facebook page, Mama's Crushing Fitness by Jackie Hyman on Facebook and on Instagram. I answer all my PMs. The handle is Mama's Crushing. So don't be shy. This episode was brought to you by Mama's Crushing Fitness. Build inner and outer strength in a way that is kind to the body through each stage of pregnancy and postpartum. And I will see you on the flip side. Fierce Mama Warriors, feel good, feel strong.